on SENSA, welcome to the Sandful Show. Fierce rivalries, nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League. Good afternoon and welcome to the Sandful Show. Jared Walsh, Dan Menzel in Studio Lumo. Fierce rivalries, nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League. Uh, Another big round of football men's round 12 in the 2023 season. Some unique results. I sound like a broken record because we go through it each week and you can predict absolutely nothing. I'm looking forward to your power rankings and also the guests joining us on the show today. We're very lucky to be speaking to the head coach of the Adelaide Football Club, Mick Godden. He will join us not too far away. And one of your teammates, Zane Williams from the Eagles, who went down to Port Adelaide over the weekend. Men's, how are you going? You didn't play any footy on the weekend, mate. You had a rest. No, I had a rest. I just getting my hip right um, and and uh, thought I'd just give it this week off and uh, watch some footy and uh, watch my brother make his comeback from an ACL, which was 12 months, almost to the day since he played. So he got through in the reserves. So he played quite well, kicked a goal, um, which was great to see. And then uh, Port Adelaide far too good in the senior game against the Eagles. Is that the first time Troy has done an ACL or has he done it a few times? It's the second one he's done. So he did one when he was 16 years of age in the South Australian state setup. And And... Okay. Uh, Fortunately, it all went well. It didn't affect his draft uh, chances, and he, he obviously went, and it held on for a long time until last year when he unfortunately ruptured it again. And what about your other 16 brothers and sisters? Have they ever done an ACL before? They haven't. Uh, my, You're re- referring to my other four brothers as well as <laughs> Troy and I. Um, so they, what I'd say with them is they won't love hearing this, but they haven't played high enough level sport to okay. have probably torn an ACL. Um but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's something that, yeah, there's six between us, unfortunately, Troy and I, which is more than enough. So what's that like? Because I wanted to get into your mindset. And Bix and I have spoken to you about this before. But for Troy, there would have been a lot of nerves um, because doing your ACL is such an innocuous thing sometimes, whether it's in a context, a contest or sometimes when you, you move your body a different way, then are you going to do your hamstring in the lead up? Like there's so many things going through your head and you're an expert to talk about this. So did you kind of counsel him into his recovery and how he's going to make a comeback? Uh, that does, that does happen, uh, naturally, I guess. Um, I mean, you're spot on. It's a great word. You use innocuous. It is so true with ACL injuries. They can come from nowhere, unfortunately. And, uh, with that, we, we definitely have spoken over the previous weeks about, okay, how are you feeling? Are you confident? Yes, I'm confident. How confident? And so you'll ask these questions and the way I like to explain it to people who are coming back from an ACL rehab if you feel like you are ready to go, then you need to give it one more week of training right. so that you feel like you're not bulletproof, but you feel like, yep, I've definitely given that uh, extra week. And and Troy did that, but also the plan around it. And so it was, okay, let's play to three-quarter time, about 60% game time so that we can manage your workload and then stop regardless of the score in the game. And I think sometimes that gets lost. So it's really important to have a plan and execute that plan. Do you get a bit of soreness that week after you play your comeback game? Because there's only so much training you can do, but nothing can prepare you for an actual game. 100%. You get obviously the knock soreness, but it's it's the groins and the movement, the agility and all that hard change of direction that gets you. And Troy certainly was pretty sore after the game. Um, knees pulled up reasonably well for him as well, which is great. But uh 
yeah, it's something that anyone who comes back from a long layoff, you know, okay, the, the body's pretty sore and it's going to be for a first, first few weeks. Pretty tight on the reserves table too, where the game that he played in, um, obviously Woodville West Torrens sitting fifth at the moment and Norwood on equal points and percentage is very close. So um, congratulations to Troy. I know that will mean a lot for um, yourself and the family as well as we get into our weekend review. Writing your performance review. It says more about me than you. It's morally defeating and often misleading. But this is the best we can do. So here we go. Where do you want to start, men's? We'll start with the Eagles and Port Adelaide game in the seniors. So the Eagles 8-4-52 were just outplayed by Port Adelaide 13-10-88. So a six-goal win for Port Adelaide. They had uh, maybe 12 or 13 listed players in, which is nowhere near as many as they've had at times throughout this year. Jackson Mead was incredible in mm. this game. And uh, I think Port will be so pleased with the way they played because, like I said, it wasn't the most experienced lineup, but they, they dominated this game. I would be really disappointed um, if I was Jade Sheedy with the – and you don't need to comment on this because you're not actually um, uh, in a position where you can because you play for this team. But – as you mentioned, Port Adelaide having to make a few changes because of injuries in their AFL team and a few players just being prepared or managed. Um, the Eagles are in a position at the moment where they still can make finals, but Port Adelaide have jumped them and it's not looking good at the moment. Um, from from your experience and what you've known from what your teammates have said, um, how do you look at Port Adelaide and their performance now, especially in this second half of the season where they are making a charge for the finals? Yeah, they are. And uh, those AFL players that are playing, uh, we've seen it firsthand. Quinton Narkle has played some really good footy. Trent Dumont and Jackson made on the weekend. They've got the top-end talent. It's just whether their bottom end can come along for the ride. They're currently sitting in fourth on the table. I think they're every chance to play finals now. And uh, and they've got a big game this week against North Adelaide, which we will preview later on. And speaking of, we'll get to the North Adelaide-South yeah. Adelaide game. Uh, South Adelaide, three goals, 12-30, losing at home to North Adelaide, 6-9-45. A bit of an arm wrestle, but North Adelaide too good in this one. Three goals, 12. We can talk about that a little bit later on. But that uh, is an understatement, if I say quite inaccurate kicking <laughs> there for the uh, the Panthers. Some of the other games as well. The Bays just continue to flex their muscles. This time, a 30-point win over the Red Legs at home for Norwood too. So they've, they've struggled at home this season. They have. The one thing I will say is that they were only down by two goals at three-quarter time. Now, there hasn't been many teams in this competition that can say that against Glenelg over the past six or seven weeks. So Norwood's form is starting to stack up. They kicked 7-15 in this game as well. So if they had a kid a bit straighter, they might have been in it. But I think it's an honourable loss against the best team in the competition. Uh, the other game that was at the same time at West Adelaide was West Adelaide 4-8-32 to Sturt 5-8-38. Sturt again find a way to get a win. It's a very low-scoring game. Yeah, it really was. The conditions weren't great on Saturday, though. It was raining everywhere. We saw some of the photos on the Sandful socials. Uh, horrible conditions, no matter where you were playing, unless you were playing indoors. Yeah, correct. So it made it really challenging. Sturt's been able to, like a good team does, get the wins in the close games this year, and they showed that. For West Adelaide on the flip side, it's just a, it's a real sign of a inexperienced team. They are playing some good footy, but they're just not able to get the job done at the moment. And Adelaide and Centrals play at Nuriutpa on the wine tour. So they go up there and uh, the Crows were dominant, 15-14, uh, 104-5-6, 36. But as we've said, 
no matter the way that your team plays each week, the finals are in reach for every team in the competition. I mean, it's getting more challenging now for Westies and Norwood, you would say, but South on eight points at the moment, um, only two games out of that top five. So every point is crucial now moving into the next round of the season, um, which is round 13. Yeah, 100%. It just shows the evenness of this competition with a couple of teams out in front. Uh, it takes one or two weeks. I mean, we were talking about this two weeks ago where North Adelaide were in an absolute hole and maybe they're done for the season. And they've got a couple of players back. Jacob Surgeon mentioned that to us last week and, and it's really making a difference. So every side is still a chance to be able to contend this season. Okay, now let's get into the things that you liked from the weekend's footy, Dan Menzel. <laughs> What I liked was I like seeing teams that want to kick a score and dictate and dominate games on the weekend. The Crows, Glenelg and Port Adelaide kicked 104, 88 and 87 points respectively on this weekend. No other team kicked more than 57 points. Now, if we have a look at the table, Glenelg scored 1,075 points this season, Adelaide 1,050, Port at 890 and Sturr at 804. No other team has got to within 738 points. So what does that look like? These four teams are scoring an average of 10, 15, 20 points more a game than everyone else. So it just shows that team defense comes up a lot uh, when it comes to AFL, when it comes up to coaching. But at the same time, if you can't kick a score, you're not going to win many games and you're not going to be in contention for the flag. I mean, Liam McBain comes out and kicks six on the weekend. If you've got players that can hit the scoreboard like this, it certainly pays off. And these teams that are very good offensively at the moment, are up the top of the table. It's ridiculous when you have a look at the leaders for the Ken Farmer medal, which you are very familiar at winning, Dan Menzel. Lockie Hosey, Liam McBean, Luke Reynolds, all in the top four. Now, Josh Hone from Sturt is probably the only one that stands out there in third position. But the point about that, when you're speaking about Glenelg, is that they're all consistent. So Lockie and Liam are in the 30s, with Luke in the mid-20s. There's some sort of unpredictability about that forward line where if one player's off, the other one's going to step up. And that is, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but that's a, that's a premiership winning forward line if you have that kind of spread because it's a defender's nightmare. 100%. You can't, it's hard to stop them all. And for them to be in form like they are, they've got the chemistry as well up there, which takes a few years and... It's why it's important to have a balance between bloody and young kids and having that experience there. And we're seeing it with Glenelg at the moment. We're seeing it with Sturt. Josh Hone's been there for a number of years, mm. and that certainly pays off. Um, and Adelaide and Porter are a bit the same as well with some of their players that have now played a number of years together. Um, it definitely makes a difference. And Glenelg at the moment um, are as dominant as they've been since their, their, that year when they won 17 in a row a couple of seasons ago. Now, we've been too positive. We like to mix it up a bit here on the Sandful Show. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. So let's find out what you didn't like, Dan Mental. Now, I've had a look at some stats, and this isn't an anomaly, this one. South Adelaide at home this season, they are two wins and six losses, but they're averaging less than 50 points a game. They just simply cannot score. So to three-quarter time in their last three games, have a listen to these stats. Well, against Norwood, uh, three games ago at home, they kicked one goal four to three-quarter time. 
against Adelaide, they kicked two goals two. And on the weekend, they kicked two goals ten. So in their last three home games, they haven't kicked more than two goals to three-quarter time. It's a staggering statistic that normally doesn't happen at home. I don't know how they're going to correct it or, or what they can do, but it is ruining their season. And just to make things easier, they're playing Sturt this weekend. <laughs> so that is going to be a challenge. And Sturt um, aren't that familiar with losing games of football. So the challenge is certainly in front of them. The challenge is certainly in front of Jade Sheedy and the Woodville West Torrens team that are struggling at the moment, to say the least. They are 4-8 and eight on the table at the moment with percentage of 47.98. We will speak to one of their young guns in Zane Williams next and not too far away. Mick Godden, head coach of the Adelaide Football Club. As we said, fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. It's the Sandful show on SENSA. On SENSA, welcome to the Sandful Show. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. Jared Walsh and Dan Menzel in Studio Lumo on SENSA. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. Men's, this is accidentally turned into Eagles radio today, which is going to upset Rory Lehman and Paul Bonzer because we are talking very much Eagles. Uh, not too far away, former premiership coach Mick Godden, who's now part of the Adelaide Football Club setup. But um, our first guest today, and we are stoked to be speaking with this young player this afternoon. He's someone who I managed to have a bit to do with at the start of the season, and you obviously know him very well from Woodville West Torrens. Zane Williams joins us on the line. Good afternoon, Zane. A disappointing weekend for the team. It's been a disappointing month for the Eagles, but we'll get to the negative stuff. What positives could you take out of that game on Saturday? Uh, hey, gents. Um, yeah, no. Nah. It's been tough uh, results-wise, but we're, we're really looking at um, just building a good group together, like relationships, and, and just trying to, I guess, play a lot of footy together. We haven't really had that, um, and the continuity is a bit, bit off. But, um, yeah, like I think the positive is we, we, we actually gave four-quarter effort, and um, whereas last week we, we felt we didn't. And, yeah, that was our focus going into the week, and, and we did that. So the results didn't show, but... Um, yeah, we're definitely definitely happier than last week's performance. Now, Zane, you obviously were on Geelong's list last year, getting picked up in the mid-season draft, and they've come back to the Eagles this season. How have you found the transition back to Sample level and the adjustment? Yeah, it's it's a bit weird. Uh, it wasn't at the start of the year because yeah, I was only gone for a short time, and um, yeah, I think it's pretty easy to get back adjusted because yeah, I, I lived that life before, and obviously had. Uh, a lot of friendships and knew a lot of people and uh, yeah it was it was pretty pretty easy but yeah obviously weird at the same time as I said but um, yeah I've, I'm getting there now and, and just feels like normal now so yeah it's, it's been good. One thing that might not have been easy how does training compare at Morn Team Care Oval compared to on GMHBA's Slick Deck? <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> uh, yeah a lot different um <laughs> At GMHBA, you don't have to avoid the middle um, as much. And, yeah, the, the ball's not as wet and slippy and, and you're not slipping over all the time. And, yeah, it's, it's a lot different. But, 
uh, you expect that with the amount of money that's put into to GMHBA. We'll get to your um, season to date and the role you're playing in a moment. But I, I did want to ask you, because we spoke at the start of the season about transitioning back into the Sandful. And what I love about you, Zane, is your honesty, because you could have just said then, yeah, it's all good. The transition back to local footy was fine. But you've talked about it being a, a bit challenging. How have you gone mentally? Because there's always that drive and, and knowing your story. We've we, Mens and I spoke about this on The Breakfast Show this week, that the mid-season draftees, and you've spoken about this publicly, should be getting an 18-month contract straight away so you've actually got time to prove yourself um do you feel that coming back into the system you can look back and go actually um i'm doing what i can to get redrafted um or is it still adjusting your headspace to suit back into the the sandfall league and do your best for the team but also do your best for your own professional career yeah it is a balance and honestly i do i do focus on the team i did that last year and got drafted i i just worry about playing my role the best i could um, and helping the team and whatever comes off that comes off that but um, yeah in terms of myself and my own development I do like to get better and I think everyone does obviously so um, I do like to, you know work on my game and, and do all that stuff um, just to get better and if that if that comes of it it comes of it and um, yeah I'll be honest like you do you do have your mental battles and and like I'm mentally strong and um, can you know I'm quite resilient and take a lot but I think it's just natural. You obviously get down yourself if you're not playing well. And I feel like I've I've been hit and miss this year. And, um, yeah, that's obviously obviously weighs in your mind a little bit sometimes. But you just go back to what you do. And uh, if I'm struggling, I just go back to hard work. And, and that just seems to solve all the problems. So when we spoke to you at the start of the season, Tyson Stengel was basically your nemesis because he was taking your spot in the Eagles and he took your spot at the Cats. <laughs> and you kicked four goals in the first game of the season against Norwood. But you haven't kicked a goal for a month. So from a casual observer, can you talk about the position you are playing for the Eagles at the moment? On the weekend, you had the ball enough, but you're obviously not playing in the forward line. So is this um, a development thing that Jade Sheedy is saying to you? We just want you to get familiar with getting around the ball because you were recruited as a forward. So is this a challenge for you? you to adjust into a role which is quite unfamiliar at this point however you're still going to do the team thing yeah see i, I think uh he just wanted uh to get the ball in my hands a bit more i think we're struggling a little bit with connection up forward and up forward i just wasn't having the opportunity um to really have an impact um so he just wants the ball in my hands and he just wants me to take the game on from from half back or the wing and i just create the offense from back there play with a bit of flair and um, yeah, just taking some risks with the ball as well. Um, but I think we've been quite quite stagnant uh, of late, and uh, he just wants to try it. And and I'm I'm happy to play wherever. Like I think I'm quite versatile. As I said, I played forward, mid, and back this year, and um, have still had an impact in the team and played my role well. So um, yeah, in terms of that, I'm not too fast where I play. And um, yeah, like I, I'm a forward. I don't think I'm a forward. And, um, if my body gets a bit bigger and, and whatever, I'd like to push into the midfield. So, um, yeah, it's just all a process and you just got to trust it. So, Zane, you just mentioned the body then. How is it going? You've had a few issues around the groins this year, which probably not that well documented and it certainly impacts performance and, and maybe even more so training level. So how, how has it gone so far this season? Uh, yeah, yeah the, groins, the groins are okay at the moment. Um, I do have bad days and good days and um for anyone that yeah no osteitis pubis is a is a condition and you can get over it with rest but um yeah i've obviously done too much and haven't rested enough so yeah it's my training loads have been hindered and i do i do miss probably half the trainings at the moment which which isn't ideal and i can't really do heaps in the gym i have to do 
uh, it's cool to think uh, bilateral exercises, so no one-legged stuff. And yeah, I, I just feel like I'm on the on the veteran program at the moment. I'm, <laughs> I'm not the same. And, um, yeah, it's not it's not it's not ideal for me being 22, but yeah, it's the way it is at the moment. And just yeah, try and get it better over time. But um, yeah, not having a break for the last three pre-seasons probably does that. So the body is just telling me to slow down. What are you doing outside of footy at the moment, mate, to keep the mind ticking over then when you're uh, limited to your training and making up words like bilateral training, which I don't <laughs> understand. So um, what are you focusing on outside of footy? Yeah, so I'm, I'm currently studying uh, human movement at the moment at UniSA, which is just a bit of a bridging course into uh, exercise physiology, which is something I, I'll get into. And I only just started um, this year, so... Um, came up from Geelong and was like, no, nah, I need to do some study now because I've always just focused on footy. Um, but, yeah, then, then working um, 8 to 12 hours a week um, at SKDA, which is motorbike graphics and stuff. So just picking and packing orders there with my with my good mate. And, um, yeah, just trying to do that. And then that obviously gives me time to, to recover because, as you said, the groins have been playing up. So I've had to go do ice styles and, and all that stuff to get the information down. And, um, yeah, I've been doing that four times a week. So... My life's pretty balanced at the moment. I like that. I like to do the same thing all the time. So, yeah, it's been good. Is there some sort of unwritten rule that if you are delisted by Geelong, you come to South Australia? Because the group of players that we delisted, including yourself, Quinton Narkel's moved over to South Australia, Francis Evans as well. So you've got a a little crew coming over joining you in 2023. Yeah, I think um, Ken likes the uh, Geelong boys, I've heard. So... (laughs) uh, yeah, he, he seemed to pick them all up, but no, I spoke, I versed them. Um, I versed, yeah, Francis played on the weekend and uh, spoke to Darko the last time we versed them and yeah, they're going well. They said Adelaide's quite like Geelong and just how chill it is and, and whatever. So, no, nah, yeah, I think Ken likes the Geelong boys. Yeah, well, he's obviously got that history with the Geelong footy club, Ken Hinckley, from his playing days, so that makes sense and a bit of coaching there too. Uh, Zane, now we've talked about the ladder a little bit in both the AFL and the Sample competitions and... When I ask you about both, we'll start with the Eagles first. Um, it's such a tight competition. Do you think finals is still in play this year? Uh, yeah, 100%. We're only two games out. We've got another six games to go. And I've got a, a lot of belief in the boys in the group. I think we've got, we've got talent all over the park. We just haven't um, managed to, to get the wins on the board. And we had a stat where we've won the third most quarters, but we, we haven't won uh, many games. And, yeah, we we come in patches, and I think we're just going to try and hinder the opposition's momentum because yeah, I think that's what kills us. They get a run on, and we just don't stop it. And um, I think that'll be the focus going forward. And if we do that, finals are well and truly in the in the picture. And yeah, I'd hope to think we could a could knock off Glenelg and Angle Crows and stuff that you know everyone's raving about. Um, because I think yeah, on paper we're we're very similar, and I guess footy's not played on paper, but um, you know, I've got a lot of belief in the boys that we can we can really do something this year. And further from that, just before we let you go, uh, Geelong, the team you had last year, the ladder in the AFL is so tight as well. Do you think that they'll play finals? Currently sitting eighth on the table just ahead of the Crows. Do you think the Cats will go and play finals in season 2023? I do think they'll make it. They're flying under the radar a little bit with their, with their poor start and they're starting to find the groove now. And Can they win it? Just watching the way they're playing. Can they win it? I'm going to say no. I just think they've been very inconsistent, but the best footy can. But no, there's, there's there's other teams that are that are sitting prettier, like Port and Collingwood. I think they're they're both hard to beat, and I think they'll both have Geelong covered. 
as well. She said, Zane, love your honesty there, mate. So thanks very much for joining us on the Sample Show and all the best this weekend. Thanks, you. Thanks for having me. Zane Williams, our guest from the Eagles. Uh, I love that kid, mate, because he's gone through a fair bit, as so many people have gone through in their AFL journey. I remember speaking to him at the start of the year, and I said, so are you going to you're going to support Geelong this year? And he was very quick to say, nope, because they've obviously <laughs> uh, recruited him and then sent him back to South Australia. But as we've spoken about before, Mance, it's how you handle the adversity, which brings out the best in you. So he's, look, it's a, it's a strange thing for someone to, who is, as we said, before being recruited by Geelong, he was a forward, gets re- recruited to go to Geelong to play as a forward. Now he's playing at half back. Um, I can understand why, He's probably looking to get some confidence by getting his hands on the ball, but you're not going to be kicking goals from the other 50 metre line. So um, hopefully he gets back into his natural position, but as he's always done, he's handled it really well. Fierce rivalries, nothing beats the host plus Sanford League. Still to come, Dan Menzel's power rankings. And next we'll speak to Mick Godden, the coach of the Adelaide Football Club. On SENSA, welcome to the Sanford Show. Fierce rivalries, nothing beats the host plus Sanford League. Jared Walsh and Dan Menzel are here this afternoon. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. It's looking very good at the moment on the Sandful ladder, sitting comfortably in third position at the moment. A couple of wins away from top spot is a team which is just dominating right now. They had a fantastic win in well, we call it like wine country. They just yes. went up there and had a victory against the doggies and then maybe had a wine tasting afterwards before coming back to West Lakes as the Adelaide Football Club. Their head coach, Michael Godden, joins us. Mick, good morning to you. Did you get time to uh, stop past a few wineries on your way back from collecting the points against the dogs? <laughs> I wish. No, unfortunately, I had to get home because I had to be on a plane at uh, very early hours the next morning. So, yeah, no no rest for me, unfortunately. Mate, it was a really good win. Uh, the team's going really well, which is ruffling a few feathers uh, amongst the other teams across South Australia. But I recall speaking to you last year and what I love about your mentality when it comes to coaching this team is you want to win and you want to win a Sandful Premiership. And you can see that the way the boys are playing. So you must be proud of their efforts so far to date. Yeah, I am, mate. It's always that. And we, we know that it's a, it's a challenge because clearly their end goal is not the sample. And clearly they want to be playing AFL and, and certainly we will support that. And But while we're playing sample, we want to be the best we can be. And clearly if we can play well as a team, they'll play as well as individuals and, and, and get selected. So, yeah, look, I was, I, we were really disappointed with the game the week before. North Adelaide were very good and I thought we were very poor and um, it was disappointing and yeah, we had a bit of a reset during the week and the guys came out with the right attitude and played really well on Saturday. Now, Mick, uh, the offense for the Crow Sample team the last couple of years has been as good as any in the competition. It's no no real surprise to anyone, but it's the defense this year that's really shored up, conceding just 57 points a game. The work there that you've done with the boys to be very good offensive, but also defensively this year. Yeah, Dan, it's been a, a, a challenge. Obviously, we... When Nixie came in, we, we changed our defensive method, so it's taken us a little while to get used to it. And um, as I said, we, we got the offense going, and now you can see this year, even in the AFL, that offense is starting to go as well. Um, we've still got work to do on the defensive side of the ball, but yeah, the sample boys have done really well in that area. And um, I guess the grounds probably help us a little bit compared to AFL grounds, so we can defend them a little bit better. But um, yeah, it's nice to not have big scores against, because we do know that if we need to unleash them, they can score very quickly, and sometimes it amazes me. I'll be sitting there talking about something in the coach's box, and before we know it, we've whacked, you know, three or four goals on it. It's, um, yeah, it's, they're pretty impressive when we get going. Now, 
Adelaide's third on the table, Port Adelaide's fourth on the table. Walchie alluded to this. I think it's healthy for the competition when both the AFL teams are strong and it just makes it a better competition. I feel like the consensus around the league is that Adelaide and Port will be really good at times throughout the year, but will start to drop off come finals because potentially players are out with surgeries and they're predicated on the AFL teams. Do you feel like that's true or potentially this year might be somewhat different and, and you'll really contend? I think there's an element of that. There's no doubt. We, you know, I've said a couple of weeks ago, if, if, if I had the team that we've got right now, I think we can push really, we can push Glenelg and Sturt and all the others. We can really go for it. But unfortunately, you know, even last year, there was guys, you know, towards the end of the year, you know, you have a couple drop off and it does affect your team. So it's, 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 it's like any, you know, you play in a normal sample season, lose two or three of your best players. It's always difficult to recover from that. Um, so there's no doubt that does happen. It's not the players' fault. They've got their futures and their bodies to look after. I get that. But it doesn't mean we, we stop trying. It's just, I guess, history's shown that we, we haven't always, well, clearly none of us have won a premiership. So, yeah, we haven't been able to get that, uh, get that last step. But we certainly will continue to strive for it. So you mentioned the team and how it is at the moment, how strong it could be. I mentioned just the likes of Barry, Crouch, Brown, Haightley, Strawn through that midfield. Do you think that this team currently is better than last year's team that you had? Yeah, definitely. I think the, they're a year older than the majority of them, um, obviously from the guy, the team we had last year. But also that, that inside mid, we when we went into the finals last year, we, we were pretty light on in that area. So, and as we know, midfields in finals are massive. So... Yeah, so if those guys are continuing to play with us, and hopefully they're not, hopefully they go up soon, but if they are with us, then I think our midfield is, is pretty potent and can match it with most teams. I love the way that Matt Crouch has approached this season. I've been speaking to Bix about it on breakfast over the past few weeks, and he's pretty adamant that uh, Matt Crouch is there to stay ready in the case of Rory Laird being out of form or injured, and he probably could have if he was a selfish player, just sat back and thought, no, I'm just going to find my way through the sandfall this year. But he's one of the players who will poll very highly in the McGarry and alongside Harry Schonberg, who can't break into the team. Their attitudes, I'm sure, have really impressed you as a coach and the application that that midfield is is responsible um, for these players playing at their best. Absolutely, yeah. We pride ourselves on that midfield, putting pressure on the AFL mids and yeah, Matt in particular. I, honestly, I, anyone who asks me, I can't speak more highly of the guy. Like he, yeah, from where he's been and what he's done in football, and obviously he's facing some challenges in the last two years. And yeah, his his dedication to you know performing every week to helping others around him. Um, you know, it's as I said, I can't speak more highly of him. And yeah, he's yeah. When you put under pressure, you know, you do generally find people's true characters. And you know, clearly he's he's past that. Um, clearly, and that's you know that's. It's great for us as a club and great for him as a person because it will stand him in good stead in the future. We talk about the other teams um, excluding Adelaide and Port Adelaide in the sand for. It seems that teams are getting better around you guys, which I think is a really healthy sign of a competition. You can see where Glenelg and Sturt are sitting at the moment. Are you noticing that, Mick, where um, teams are getting better internally because they know they need to match it with um, clubs like yourselves and Port Adelaide that may have more resources, but that doesn't necessarily result in wins. Absolutely, yeah. There's, there's advantages that, that sample clubs have over us as well. I mean, obviously playing home games is a massive one and then obviously having a full-time club and, you know, the close supporter base that you get to talk to on a weekly basis. And, you know, there's, there's different advantages and disadvantages. But you're right. I, when I coached the Eagles, we, we played... I remember playing Adelaide one day. Oh, my God, it was 
it was it was just an unbelievable game of football. They were they were outstanding. We were pretty good, and I thought to myself at that point, you know, we've got to continue to raise the bar here, continue to put in assistant coaches, support these players, give them the best chance they can. Because um, yeah, I, I'd like to think that we're helping the competition because it's also great for some of these young sample players to stand someone like Matt Crouch. Like I'm sure the guys out at Centrals on the weekend, albeit they'll be disappointed. Yeah, to stand Matt Crouch and Sam Berry is it's, it's great for their development. Yeah, it is. It's spot on, Mick. Yeah, you as a as a former AFL player, I know that you love playing against other AFL players and and just using them as the benchmark and and being able to compete against them. You, you mentioned the home ground advantage that the Sample clubs have. Well, you, you take on the hardest. Uh, it's probably the hardest trip in footy this weekend. Is Glenelg in the Sample competition? I just want to know why are they so good this season in your eyes. They obviously sitting at the top of the table now with 11 straight wins. It's as tough a task as there is. Yeah, they, I'm, they're just a very good team all over the park. When you look at their forward line, you know, if one doesn't get you, the other one does sort of thing. And their defence is solid. They've got good run in the defence, but also through their midfield. They're as strong a midfield as anyone. You know, Paddington, Snooky, uh, you know, Turner, those sorts of guys. Um, you know, they've got a young ruckman, but he's doing a good job and, yeah, they've just well balanced right across the field, and I mean they they showed glimpses of this in the last you know last year in particular as well. They had quarters where they're kicking eights and ten goals, and yeah, they're they're a very dynamic team, and you know they're hard one to match up on. So I think pound for pound they're as good personnel wise as anyone in the competition by a reasonable margin, I would say. So and they've got themselves together, they look really organised, and yeah, last time we couldn't quite get them. They got us. Uh, they got us late, and uh, hopefully we can turn that this weekend. Yeah, it's certainly going to be one of the matches of the year. Now, as the AFL season progresses along, Mick, does there or will there be much impact if the Crows' AFL team does or doesn't make finals compared to uh, what that will do to the sample side? Yeah, I, we would much prefer the AFL make it for obvious reasons. We want the AFL playing finals. But also, it's certainly, if you're thinking about the impact on the sample, it, it certainly would help your team if, if the AFL was still going because we all continue to train together and, and uh, also continues with your depth, helps your depth. And hopefully, you know, that also helps the AFL if they continue to go through finals, making sure that we're ready to go. So, yeah, if it, if it does turn out that um, you're on your own, it does make it more difficult. We found it quite difficult last year because, you, you know, there's only you know, 13 or 14 guys coming to work in a day and... Yeah, there's not a lot to do, really. We've just got to prepare them and, and get them ready. And, uh, yeah, it certainly would be an advantage if both clubs are in. And so just on that, if uh, if club, if the club is in compared to if it isn't, uh, the rules around how many listed players you can play in the sample finals? Yeah, it's just 17 AFL listed, regardless of whether your team's in or not above you. But what it does exclude is qualification. So if your AFL team is in, you can play anyone. So if, you know... Rory Sloan was to come back, which clearly he wouldn't be, but if he was, yeah. he could play for us. But even even if he was uh, not uh, not qualified, but then once the, once the AFL are out, then it comes back to qualification rules, which are quite detailed. That um, yeah, we still only max out at 17. So um, and we've got Jack Madsen as our leadership player, so he's one of them. So really, we only have 16 AFL that we can select if we have that many. Last year we didn't have that many available. I think we only had 14 or 15 come finals. Mick, thanks so much for your time. Good luck on the weekend. And we uh, always appreciate everything you do for the Sandfall and especially um, being so generous with your time on things like this. So um, thank you so much for joining us. No worries at all, guys. Thank you. It's always good to have a chat to one of the leaders at Westlakes, Michael Godden, who's obviously Premiership coach with Woodward West Torrance, um, but also 
what he's doing for those young players, especially at the uh, the Crows, is great because through the Eagles, he's learnt how to coach players at the pointy end of their careers and coming through the junior ranks as well is someone that I'm sure you'd want to play for. 100%. His development of those younger players in that sample team and, and that are AFL listed as well is, has been uh, first class. Really interesting point he made there around the qualifications and finals. What, what I take out of that is if the AFL team makes it, the Crows make the finals, it will be huge for the Crows' chances of winning the sample this year because they won't put guys in for surgery. Mm. They won't put guys out. Last year, they didn't make finals, and he said they only had 14 or 15 players to select from. They didn't get up to that number of 17. So if the Crows are in the AFL finals this year, they will be a massive force in the sample. They still might be if they don't, but I think it will really help. Well, you know, the other thing is the Crows hardly have anyone out of contract. So they're not going to have many players who are going to have to look around at other clubs. They want to be staying at the Adelaide Football Club and performing because yep. performing in finals will uh, put a nice light on them in uh, front of Michael Godden or Matthew Nix. Uh, it is the Sample Show. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the Host Plus Sample League. Dan Menzel's Power Rankings next. On SENSA, welcome to the Sample Show. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League. Going to be another huge round of football. Make sure you go and support local footy and have a listen on SENSA for your live and exclusive coverage. If you missed the show, we will podcast this, but we caught up with Young Gun from the Eagles, Zane Williams, and just then the coach of the Adelaide Football Club, Michael Godden, right now. Let's get into it, Dan Menzel. Your power rankings. Who are we sitting at number 10? At number 10, it's West Adelaide. They stay at number 10, a sign of a developing team in a winning position, but just couldn't quite get it done. At number 9? The Eagles moved down to number 9. They didn't score in the last quarter on the weekend. They can't kick a score at the moment. They run into a good Norwood team this weekend too. It's going to be a big match at number 8 on your power rankings. Move South Adelaide up one position. Uh, They beat the Eagles last weekend away. So that's why they're still struggling, but I've moved them ahead of the Eagles. You have a couple of teams who haven't moved. So can we go through them? Seven, six, and f- oh, wow. Actually, there's a lot of stayers. Let's just yes. talk about it, okay? Let's have a look at seven, six, and five before we get into the top four. Yeah, at seven, at Centrals. They are zero and six away from X Convenience Oval. So it's concerning signs they're away for them. Yep. At number six, it's Norwood. Three wins in a row before pushing Glenelg, who were just too strong. They've got the Eagles, North, Central, South, and West to come. All the teams above them on the ladder. And at number five, it is North Adelaide. Two big wins against the Crows and South. So their personnel is starting to put them in contention. So the top four fascinates me because um, the top three look like they're far and above better than the rest of the competition. At number four? At number four, it's Port Adelaide. They didn't have a strong team in against the Eagles on the weekend, but were far too good. They should play finals. They take on North this week. It's a massive game because the winner will play finals. That is a big game. Third on your power rankings, Dan Menzel. Sturt are just going at the moment, uh, but they still have a 10-2 and record, so they stay at three. And at number two... Number two, it's Adelaide. They stay there. They, they were dominant on the weekend against uh, Central District, so the game of the year for mine is coming up against the number one team. Who is? Glenelg. They have won 11 in a row. They beat Adelaide by two points earlier this year, so... 
It will be a great matchup on the weekend between the Crows and Glenelg. We like it. Let's get your tips as we move into round 13. So the Bloods and the Doggies, who wins that at Hisense Stadium on Saturday? Uh, Central's haven't won away from home, so West will win. And who wins that big one? It could be match of the round for a couple of different reasons. So Glenelg and Adelaide. Yeah, I think Glenelg, you can't tip against Glenelg. If we talk about um, match of the round, this is the match of the season for Port Adelaide and North because they're looking to hold on to a final spot. This is huge. Uh, I think North Adelaide with Mays, with Young, with these guys back in the team will win. The Eagles are playing at home against Norwood on Saturday. Uh, look, Norwood's form's been great. Their defence, the number one team in the comp last five weeks. So I'm just, I'm not going to give a tip here. We're going to move on to the next game. And Sunday at 2.10pm, it is Sturt taking on the Panthers. Yeah, look, uh, Sturt back at home will look to bounce back. South have been okay away from home, but Sturt will win this game. Thanks, men's. I will say normally I'll catch you next week, but I'll catch you tomorrow morning for SENSA Breakfast. Looking forward to it, Walshie. Thank you. Don't forget Fierce Rivalries. Nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League. Thanks for listening.